0: rest, especially for high achievers, is usually not extravagant. It's not a perk that only certain people are deserving of. And for many of us, it's not a two-week paid vacation. Rest is not a macro concept. Rest is a micro concept. It's about the small ways you give yourself respite each day. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. This is where high achievers and leaders come to work healthier, not harder. Where hustle culture zigs, we zag, so you can thrive in your career, health, and relationships. My name is Carly Fain. I'm a celebrity business and boundary coach, and whether I'm working with Grammy award-winning artists, professional athletes, Fortune 50 CEOs, or just folks that enjoy both progress and the present moment, My intention is to make sure that you have both a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hey there. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It's your gal, Carly. Whether this is your first time joining me or you are a seasoned member of the community, let me just say, I'm really glad that we're getting to gather in this way today. Because I've got a hunch that the conversations we're about to embark on today as we enter our 12th season of the show are going to jumpstart a sea of recharge that your body, your career, that maybe even your relationships have been quietly or (laughs) not so quietly hinting at being ready for for a while. You know, as I was preparing for this season, my sister Kelsey shared a social media post with me that had gone viral and it was about somebody realizing that they had never met a fully rested woman. And I know that this is far too common. I mean, really, how many well-rested, totally nourished, fully supported, and resourced women have you run into lately? And if the answer is not many or any at all, then this is our opportunity to link arms together and walk a path towards the nourishment required for our best living and working. So behind the scenes, we pick the topics for Messy and Magnificent based on recurring themes that I see coming up with my clients, my colleagues, or perhaps participants in the Boundary Academy. And when I hear five women talking about something similar, I start to lean in a little extra. And when I hear 10 women tell me something similar, I maybe I'll make a social media post about it. And when 20 women comment on that social media post, then I might do something larger, draft an email or something like that to my list. And when the replies start pouring in to that email, that's when I know it's time to have a conversation because there's a recurring theme that's common for all of us. Now, when I look at those numbers, numbers like five or 10 or 20 plus women responding something that feels like peanuts compared to the vast amount of us that are fatigued in this moment, I can't begin to count the number of highly successful people I work with that carry around a secret exhaustion. And it's perplexing, right? Because hustle culture, this pull ourselves up by our bootstraps mentality, this rally, push, get it done thing, it did open some doors for us, right? It got something started for us. There was greatness in that at one point. But maybe now it's not serving us in the same way. That push harder approach doesn't meet this moment quite as well. So if you... Like many high achievers are finding that rallying and doing the most just doesn't cut it like it used to. I want you to know this. You are not falling behind. You are actually having a sense or a vision that is ahead of the curve. You are seeing what not everyone sees yet. That force only takes us so far. Productivity cannot be the sole barometer for success. We are shifting to a time when we find more success through purpose than we do through push. You know, one of my clients, she's the CEO of a marketing agency. She was telling me that when people ask her these days how she's doing, it is really powerful for her to say, I'm great. And for the first time in years, actually mean that. And she did that. By daring to get clear on her purpose and then having the resources to live and work into that purpose by not trying to go it all alone. Now, we started with her by just claiming small pockets of rest in order to refuel. But how, right? How do we gracefully exit the hamster wheel when we're ready to be birds of flight? How do we find a path into something if we've never had it modeled for us? Well, over the next six weeks, I have dedicated this season to covering the nuance, cobweb-covered, and often misunderstood topic of real rest for women. I tend to make this elusive concept tangible, accessible, and available to you as often as you're ready to refuel. I'm considering this a roadmap that bolsters our rest and a space to regenerate. But maybe the timing seems odd, right? If you're listening to this episode around the time of its release, it's January 1st. And that was very intentional on our part. But it's the start of the new year for many folks. And we've got listeners around the globe. So to all my Southern Hemisphere friends and those living near the equator, I'm thinking about you. And I hope those longer days that you're in right now are warm and wonderful. In fact, (laughs) if you could remind me, what warmth feels like from time to time over the next few months. I would love that. I'd love to see pictures and stories of the warm places that you're in right now. Because I live in New England in the Northern Hemisphere. And in the Northern Hemisphere at this time of year, social media is abuzz with calls for resolutions. Then we have all the usual suspects, an increase in gym memberships, a surge in downloads of calorie tracking apps, vows to accelerate our career ambitions and set bold new goals maybe even hopes for more travel but when i turn my head and i look out the window right now i see frost covered ground the tree branches have less leaves the birds don't sing in quite the same way they're focused on a different relationship with the sunlight that bright display of summer color is fading into a rich darkness and i just want to throw on a blanket And cozy up. Nature takes the hint that this is a time to go inward, to preserve energy, to go underground and to refuel. That there are moments when we are expansive, when we're bursting at the seams, when we're ready to go out into the world, and there are times to be contractive, to return inward. In this moment where I am right now, nature isn't adding to her to do list, she's subtracting. And we are part of nature. And I know that our cultural norm is to jump with gusto into new resolutions and lofty goals when the new year's arrives, but I think that's all crap. (laughs) I mean, the calendar year, it's a man-made construct. Perhaps this misalignment is why studies such as the one done by Norcross and Van Grelly show that 80% of our January New Year's resolutions fail by the end of February. Which reminds me, just know that any source I mention in this episode, any person, or book, or quote, I've got a full link to it in the show notes, so if something's interesting you or you want to see the research, you can access it wherever you are. But when nature goes inward, this is our hint to enter a regenerative phase. We all need regeneration, especially after the last few years we've had. This reminds me of a quote my mom shared with me when I was starting my company 16 years ago. I wrote it on a big piece of newsprint with a giant marker and stuck it on the wall of my living room, reading it again and again and again because I knew in the core of my being it was true, but it was hard for me to reprogram my brain. This quote comes from Melody Beattie in her book, The Language of Letting Go. Quote, many of us have learned how to deprive and neglect ourselves. Many of us have learned to push ourselves hard, when the problem is that we're already pushed too hard. Many of us are afraid the work won't get done if we rest when we're tired. The work will get done. It will be done better than the work that emerges from tiredness of soul and spirit. Nurtured, nourished people who love themselves and care for themselves are the delight of the universe. They are well-timed, efficient, and divinely led. End quote. You know, this quote, get me on the 16 year and counting experiment of running a company that would have moments of rest, culmination, integration, room to process as a primary pillar in the way we run our organization and we work. And I have learned many things. And one is that rest, especially for high achievers, is usually not extravagant. It's not a perk that only certain people are deserving of, and for many of us, it's not a two-week paid vacation. Rest is not a macro concept. Rest is a micro concept. It's about the small ways you give yourself respite each day. But too often, because we haven't had proper rest modeled for us, the only time we get to rest is when we're forced to, when we've got an autoimmune disorder flare-up, when we're getting another migraine, when there's an emergency when somebody needs extra help and thus we can't tend to our normal tasks. And for a lot of us in this moment, myself included, extra presence is required, right? For me specifically, that means presence with my company. I need extra presence with my employees, with my clients, with my loved ones. And in order to do that, in order to give more presence well, I also have to do less. You know, Barbara Mahaney says in her book, Slowing Time, Seeing the Sacred Outside Your Kitchen Door, Quote, there is an art to being still, and I am practicing. End quote. I'm with you on that. I too am practicing the art to being still. When we live in a culture that runs on Duncan, that continually tells us that more is better, that we will be worthy of being in the room if we are the hardest worker, we will have to relearn rest on a regular basis. And so I come to you as a person who, when she rests, she sees what feels like miracles happen. (laughs) And I see increased revenue, increased joy, increased synchronicity, meaning things coming together for me, folks showing up to help, ideas, and inspiration. But it's not magic, it's method. And sometimes I am also a person that gets swept up in the hustle culture of it all and forgets the magic that happens when I rest. But this much I am good at and we can be good at together, no matter how many times we stray from the knowing that we need a little respite, a little refuel, a little recovery, we can eventually find our way back to a calmer place. What rest is asking us to do, this invitation that our bodies, our minds, our spirits are giving us to adjust our pace, it's asking us to replace perfection with purpose. I'm going to say that again. If you are fatigued, If you are exhausted, if you are tired, if you had known for a while that the pace you're going at just might be leading to some good things, but it's also not sustainable, you are being asked to replace perfection with purpose, to upgrade from hustle to this humble curiosity about how we want to live and work, from being busy by default to bravely making choices on purpose that align with our values. Because to be overscheduled, that's a socially accelerated norm. Right? We talk about, oh, they're the hardest worker I know, as if it's a compliment. Being rested and resourced requires intention. And this, like the stillness that Barbara Mahaney was just referencing, is something we can practice together. Because we, you and I, are the first generations of high achievers that are getting to talk about rest as a tool, not just for productivity, but for purpose in our work, in our lives, and our health, and our relationships for intentionally creating the life and work that we want to live, that gives us and others meaning. And the good news here from all this experimentation that we've been doing is that we don't need to sleep necessarily 10 hours every day and do only the work we feel like in order to know rest. The first step in being a more resourced version of ourself is being willing to open to the possibility that there is a better on our best days, you and I, were more open, right? More open-minded. On our best days, we let ourselves have a little wiggle room, a little grace, a little play, a little rest. And that's what we can do. That's all we need to do is lean in the direction of who we are at our best, at the decisions we make when we're at our best. And this season, we're going to lean in the direction of our best together, messy and magnificent the whole way. So I had a moment not too long ago, fortuitous fortune, of being in a used bookshop in western Massachusetts, and I came across Barbara Hurd's book, Stirring the Mud, on swamps, bogs, and human imagination. This book, it leapt from the shelf into my hand, quickly into my heart, and now most of my days. And forgive me, (laughs) if you are a meticulous keeper of books, my copy of Barberhood Hood Stirring the Mud, it's underlined and dog-eared. It is home to the most motley crew of random bookmarks from any source within arm's reach. I have clothing tags in there, post-it notes, old receipts. I've got an orphaned envelope in there anything I can to make a mark on all the brilliant words she had. And so I reached out to Barbara to express my deep gratitude because her work in this book is like rich soil for understanding more about our internal and external world, especially our natural ebbs and flows. And Barbara, in her generosity, was kind enough to give me permission to share this excerpt with you. Ready? Quote, Refuge means a certain amount of quiet. A retreat from what frazzles and buzzes from what sometimes feels in the mind like a continuous replay of the final minutes of a tied Super Bowl game. Bleachers sagging with spectators, whooping and jeering about wins and losses, voices hoarse the players' one-point attention on flattening whatever comes between them and the triumph of a square yard of pigskin flying over the goal line. On an ordinary day, the human ear is bombarded with sound. Anything and everything, the whine of a mosquito, the neighbor's lawnmower, the ratchety clock movement, sirens, seagulls, and old dogs snoring, car engines, and the popping roll of tires on hot pavement. Our minds, of course, automatically filter much of this hubbub. But at what cost? What happens to that filtered material? Cleaning the filter in my clothes dryer yields fuzzy bedding of dog hair, thread, shredded Kleenex, and once, a striking black and white feather, small and striped, cleaned and surely destined for something more than the trash. I run my fingers across the lint trap, gathering the clean down, scraped and softened linen like this was once used as a dressing for wounds, a buffer between raw wound and the barrage of bacteria. Too much buildup of lint, though, and the wound can't breathe. The dryer will catch fire. Your house will burn down. Does the human mind work the same way? Are there long screens we occasionally need to pull from our heads, run our fingers up, gathering into a pleated, linty accordion the excess of noises we haven't processed? Do we need occasionally the silence of refuge for the way it lets our minds breathe a bit more easily. End quote. What I am bringing forward is that now is a moment for refuge. If you lean into this season, you and I will rehydrate your sense of knowing, replenish your joyful awe and wonder, and restore our mental game to a clear and confident place. We're going to empty that mental lintray Barbara heard references, and it goes a long way to have some role models, to give us examples of how that works. So this season, I'm having conversations with high-achieving women who have full lives, who all engage in rest and respite a little differently, so that you can have some powerful options modeled for you. And what you're going to hear are some stories of how rest made them not only happier and calmer and more rounded humans, of course, we know that, but of how they finally had the time and means to recoup more often. Specifically, I want to give you a few quotes from those conversations today. We're going to lay them out here as five pillars of rest. And here's what we're going to cover. Number one, how to know the right way to rest for you in this moment. Two, how to know which rules you can break to access rest without messing up what's already good. Number three, why rest is so terrifying for us high achievers, even though we want more of it. Number four, the connection between beliefs and how much room we have for ourselves. And number five, what will uniquely support your rest in this moment? This one will be different for all of us. So before we dive in, I wanna share this two-part strategy that after a hundred and some episodes of this show, I've seen work wonderfully for folks who get really great results. So they listen, they integrate what they're hearing from each episode, and then they act on it. And I want to make this really doable for all of us. So I've created two major opportunities to bolster your rest this season. First, I've created a roadmap for rest and regeneration for high achievers. This is a totally free guidebook that accompanies this season that's going to take you on your own customized journey from busy to balance. It's deep, it's powerful, it's full of joy, of behind the scenes quotes from with our guests, all sorts of practical insights Give yourself the respect you deserve. Go get a copy of it right now. You can use it to begin going deeper into this episode right away. It's over at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. It will be a lamp and a ladder on your path to more rest, I promise. And second, I just want you to know that the last episode of this season, it happens live. We always record a podcast pajama party, and this one is going to be on Sunday, January 22nd come join me. This is another totally free event. We like to get together like this once each season in our sweatpants for a really special workshop with some of my favorite friends and thought leaders. This is where I'll get to answer your questions about rest. We'll get to talk about what's coming up for you in real time. I hope that you'll RSVP and save your spot and be with me live. I would love to be with you. Same deal. Head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to And then you could be on the last recording of the season, which is pretty special. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is, of course, I've had the honor to found and lead for years with a diverse council of boundary makers. So if you're tired of being tired and you're ready for more time, clarity, and joy, I hope you'll check it out at carlyfane.com. For the first time ever, you don't have to wait for enrollment. You can begin in the Boundary Academy right now and go at your own pace starting today. I hope you don't wait another moment to join women around the world and reclaim your best work, living, health, and relationships too. All right, so let's talk about the five pillars of making rest doable that some of our guests have highlighted this season. First things first, How do we know what kind of rest is actually right for us in the moment? I know this much. There is no one right or wrong way to rest. It's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. In a conversation I shared with mindset coach and sports psychologist Meredith Brisson, we talked about one thing that is absolutely essential to understand about yourself before you attempt to seek out rest. Meredith, she has acquired this really highly tuned sense of intuition through her skills of working with horses, and she teaches equestrians how to work with their emotions and use those instincts to tap into their own true nature. Essentially, what she's doing is she helps people find their personal definition of success. You see, what constitutes rest is personal. There isn't one method for everyone. We need a North Star, and that North Star is, well... I'll let Meredith explain. A goal is a destination. It's like a finite point. A value is a direction that we're going. We might say the goal is to head to the Berkshires, right? <laughs> and it's important. I know that in order to get there, I want to head west. West is the direction I'm going. And at any point along the way, we just want to make sure we're going west. <laughs> and the destination might change. I might say, you know what? While I'm going this way, I might stop a few other places. But as long as we're heading, heading west, we never stop. We never get to west. West is just the way that we like to travel. That is a checkpoint to, to say like, am I connected to my values in reaching this goal and the reasons for reaching this goal? And if not, permission to shift, right? Like there's room here. Permission to shift. Identifying your values. There it is. Now, it would seem like rest is just something you should dive into, right? But unless you know what it is you actually value, then you might be missing out on the type of rest that would really serve you now. When we can go from goal to value, we're golden. Define your values and let your values begin to define what rest is for you. I love that, Meredith. Thank you. Let's talk about the second pillar of making rest doable. How to know which rules you can afford to modify or break altogether without messing up what's already good. So let's say, as you go throughout this season, you start to get really clear on what type of rest would look and feel ideal for you. Then, what we want to understand is, what's getting in the way of that? And the first thing I'd like you to know is it's probably not your fault. Faith Clark is an organizational health and inclusion specialist who shared something really important about how particular human bodies intersect with our patriarchal capitalist work culture. Yes, it's likely that all people are victims of an overworked world, but the rules of society don't land equally for every body, particularly when it comes to rest.
1: I feel like I need to be okay with the fact that I am largely the product of programming and context and history that's not been restful. There are going to be a lot of days when I feel exhausted and yet I feel like I've done nothing and therefore don't qualify to have rest. And that's not because of me, but that's a a function of history and experience. Faith shares
0: important cultural and historical context about how we navigate the rules of society, explaining how the conditioning we've lived under affects us and particularly how it affects women, people of color, economically disadvantaged, and more. And what she does is share how she's learned to justify rest through exercises of her imagination. She creates a world, a little test world in her own head, where she can break the rules just to see what might happen. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure scenario, and it helps her determine which rules are necessary, cultural rules that she's heard that might apply to her real life, and which ones she can modify or break safely.
1: I have had to construct mini worlds where I get to play with the rules and build my capacity to know what could be restful, what could be restorative. I want to see what the rules are so I can break them. What Faith is saying is we might have to be creative in
0: how we incorporate more rest in our days. But we definitely have to believe we deserve rest in order to be able to access it. So let's talk about the third doable pillar of making rest more accessible. It's addressing why rest is so terrifying for us high achievers. You know, Brian Lufkin pointed out in a recent article published by the BBC how out of control our, what I'm calling, our overwork ethic has become. He said, quote, new studies show that workers around the world are putting in an average of 9.2 hours of unpaid overtime per week. That's up from 7.3 hours just a year ago. Coworking spaces are filled with posters urging us to rise and grind or hustle harder. Billionaire tech entrepreneurs are advocating sacrificing sleep so that people can change the world. And since the pandemic hit, our work weeks have gotten longer. We send emails and Slack messages at midnight as boundaries between our personal and professional lives dissolve, end quote. Many of the high achievers at HireMe, they want more rest. and yet are simultaneously scared to rest because we've been taught that we must keep up or that we lose out. That slowing down is the same as being lazy. That force is the only thing that makes things go when really these are beliefs and not necessarily facts. And oh, those beliefs can be loud, right? One client told me recently inside the Boundary Academy that she hears the voice of her father who says when she was a kid that she shouldn't be lazy that being a hard worker was a virtue in their family. So no wonder her work feels so hard now, right? The first part, as I mentioned in that roadmap to rest and regeneration for high achievers that you can get on my website is a rest belief assessment. I highly encourage you to take that assessment and find out what beliefs are you carrying around with you and which ones serve you and which ones don't anymore. So if you've been listening to... Messy Magnificent for a while, then you know there's a real connection between our beliefs and our ability to access rest. And so as we talk about this fourth pillar of making rest more doable, you might know if you've been listening to Messy Magnificent for a while, Anitza Martins. Anitza is the bright and brilliant woman and project manager for my company, Everybody Thrive. And she asked if we could turn the tables this season because she wanted to interview me. And the conversation we had expanded into this territory that's particularly relatable for high-achieving women. Anitza was questioning the driving force behind our inner busy bee personas.
1: I know that my value doesn't come from what I can do from others. My value doesn't come from my sacrifice. My self-sacrifice was my identity because it was the only way I thought I, my existence was valued in the world. How busy I am does not dictate my value in this world. Whew, everything
0: Anita said right there falls over me like a bucket of warm water. It's like if I was dry toast dipped in warm broth, I can feel a softening. What is that need to do everything and be everything for everyone all about? Well, we're definitely gonna unpack that this season. For a lot of us, I'll say this much. It's following the values of others. It's finding worth in the eyes of other people rather than being guided by our own internal sense of values. Here's something I want you to know. Everything will not fall apart when you give yourself permission to rest. You know what? Let me say that differently. Not only will everything not fall apart when we rest, some things will fall apart. The things that are being built upon your self-sacrifice may begin to crumble. But other things, the things we truly care about, will begin to come back together. And this season is about taking the values that others have attached to you, maybe values you've reluctantly picked up consciously or unconsciously and been carrying around, and learning to get a little healthy objectivity from those that really aren't yours. Your busyness does not dictate your value. You do. And so let's talk about this Final pillar for today on making rest doable. What uniquely supports your rest? This is gonna be different for all of us and I can't wait for you to figure out this season what particularly bolsters your rest. A lot of this came from a conversation I had with our guest, Tanika Ray. She is the final guest in our series and she's building upon Anitza's earlier point. As a mom, Tanika knows firsthand about balancing priorities and managing time, especially because she's also a pop culture and lifestyle specialist. You might have seen her as a guest on shows like Good Morning America, The Today Show, The View, CNN, Larry King. I can't wait for you to hear how having a full plate helped Tanika reclaim rest.
2: It is boot camp for what's the rest of our lives, because once you have a child, you only you're in the giving fate, like give, 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 give. And then you're like, well, where do I take? <laughs> because now I see the world from a completely different POV.
0: You see, parenting with a full life has taught her how to prioritize what's important. And Tanika goes on to explain why self must be at the top of our list.
2: My energy is precious. I get to choose where my energy goes and I want that to be with my inner circle. For Tanika,
0: what gives her rest is community. And so she started fostering even more community connections through her podcast, Mama Stay, which I highly recommend, where she's built a
2: sanctuary for moms. And she also talks about how to build a sanctuary for self. I think that this society teaches us to find our validation, to find, find our love in ourselves from the outside in. That is incorrect. We have got to get to a place where we define and we say we're okay from the inside out. The only person's opinion that matters on whether I'm doing well is me. So how are you doing over there? As always,
0: we've already covered a
2: lot of insights, a
0: lot to think about here. If you're feeling run down, if you're feeling overworked, if you're feeling exhausted, I just want you to know you're not alone in this moment. So many high achievers have done extra in the past few years. I mean, just last week, my body felt a little under the weather not fall on sick, but I could tell that maybe it was fighting something. And so I took a Friday off of work. Not easy for me, even though I know it's the right thing to do. But then that weekend, it turns out I still needed more rest. And I was so frustrated with myself. My first thought was, how could I need more? I've already taken a day off. But here's the thing. (laughs) In a culture that sets the bar so low for rest, any rest can feel like a lot. And just because I scheduled a little downtime doesn't mean that I only need a little. When I try to squeeze my body into a schedule created by computer software or a man-made construct like a calendar, I start to feel like a robot, but I'm a human. And so if you're a high achiever, you might find that like me and all of my clients, you need to give yourself permission to have more rest than feels reasonable. Because the benchmark for rest is so low and broken that any rest might feel unreasonable. So we're going to start together where you are with the amount of rest that is accessible to you. And I promise that that amount will grow and expand. But it might at times feel unreasonable. And if it does, I want you to question the expectations put on you by yourself or others, not your body's needs. And if any of what I'm sharing with you hits home today, I hope you'll join me this season on this inward journey through our busy lives to find out what actions are not matching up with our current values. If you show up for yourself, I vow to help you pinpoint what can be subtracted so that more rest can be added. We're going to break some old rules and build some new ones. And together, we're going to unravel our collective fear of rest and carve out the space we require to collect ourselves, our wits, our wisdom, and our best thinking. So let's start right now. Hopefully, you've downloaded the Roadmap to Rest and Regeneration. In the spirit of rest, you're going to write in there, One main takeaway from today's episode. You don't have to remember it all. All the highlights are in the guidebook. I want you to write it down in there for yourself and then make sure you take it on over to iTunes and leave a review so that I know what's landing with you and I can give you a shout out and deeper conversation on an upcoming episode. Or you can always send a message to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com and tell her what you're hearing from this episode. Your voice and your experience, it really matters to me. And when you leave a comment on iTunes especially, it helps boost the show and the algorithm, meaning a conversation about rest and being more resourced becomes available to more women, and that's only a good thing. And also, so true, when you take care of yourselves, especially if you're the first one in your circle to pioneer that, you will also inspire other women to do the same. And in that way, your care is also community care. So remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, yourself included. And I'll see you next week when we dive into a wildly insightful conversation with Meredith Brisson about untangling ourselves from busy and setting professional and personal goals in a much more life-giving way. I am so thankful that you are part of this messy and certainly magnificent community each episode here is only the beginning of our lifelong conversation together head on over to carlyfane.com for the full show notes from this episode and some extra special resources for higher achievers that you won't find anywhere else